What's up, everybody? Welcome to Big 12 Bullets, the podcast. It is so good to have you here. It's so good to have college football season right around the corner. In fact, it starts tonight. So here we go. We're going to get previews of each of the 10 teams in the Big 12 in this podcast. I'm going to only spend three minutes on each one. I'll go in order of my ranking system of you know, how I think they're going to finish this year. So I hope you're excited. I hope you're as excited as me. Let's get started with the number 10 team in the Big 12. Of course, at number 10, as they always are, the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, I will say, this is the most exciting season in Kansas Jayhawk football probably since 2009 because you have the Mad Hatter, Les Miles, at the helm. The man who eats grass, the man who says really crazy things, The one of the best personalities in college football is now the coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. That is good. Will he do some good this season? I don't know. Maybe they'll be improved. Maybe not. You will have Puka Williams Jr. back, who was one of the best running backs in college football. It was a little touchy there for a second after a a, um, domestic violence incident. Les Miles does what Les Miles did, what Les Miles does, and uh, suspended him for one game. There was a little bit of outcry about that, but we're not here to discuss that necessarily. I will say he's back. He's a very good player. He's probably your best player, and you've got less miles, but that's about all you can look forward to on the season. That said, you probably are going to win your first game against Indiana State, and then you've got Coastal Carolina next, which I think is a usually a pretty good team, so that one could be could be little touch and go. Who knows how that will turn out. I uh, Then Boston College, there is a possibility Kansas is 3-0 in non-conference play because they have three easy teams. Boston College is usually pretty terrible. I'm going to say they'll go two and one. I think they'll beat Indiana State and probably Coastal Carolina, but Boston College, I'm not sure about. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go into the West Virginia game three and zero. And don't forget, Kansas beat TCU last year. So this isn't the worst Kansas team of all time. But again, I think they're the worst team in the Big 12. Moving on to number nine. The number nine team in the Big 12 is, it was a toss-up for me. I'm going to go with Kansas State. The reason I'm going with Kansas State has nothing to do with their new coach. It has everything to do with the fact that they are not Bill Snyder coached for the first time in a long time. Obviously, there was that short period where Snyder wasn't the coach after his first retirement. But this is the the first, this is permanent this time. And I think that there's always going to be some turnover and some uh, just issues when a coach leaves it's been there for such a long time it's going to require an entire culture change and um, while I think Chris Kleiman is the man for the job he was the North Dakota State coach for a long time he won several national championships in North Dakota State pretty sure he beat Kansas State at least once maybe twice while he was the coach at North Dakota State however it's a big step up with a lot more competition at Kansas State. I don't think they're going to win much this year. It's going to be a sad state of football in the state of Kansas this year with Kansas State and Kansas being bad, but I think they both will have things to look forward to and they there will both be excited about their coaching changes. So let's just uh, you know, 
this might be not be the year for the state of Kansas, but next year should be. There's a lot of weird stuff going on between uh, their quarterbacks last year with Alex Delton and Skylar Thompson and Bill Snyder putting Delton in without anyone's approval and all this kind of weird stuff going on. That should all be gone. Alex Delton has moved on to TCU. Skylar Thompson is the quarterback at Kansas State. I don't know if that's a great thing, but at least they have some stability. So that should be a better situation than last year. That said, I again, they are probably on the lookout for a uh, you know a, stu- a star quarterback of the future. Um, you know, remember Kleiman is the guy who had Carson Wentz in North Dakota State, so he has experience with star quarterbacks. They start off their season by playing the fabled Nichols State, who uh, typically plays Kansas or Kansas State uh, to start off the season. Eh, they're not very good. And it's not Nichols State. It's just Nichols. Nichols Colonels. Um, Kansas State's going to win that game on uh, Saturday. So don't have to worry about starting 0-1 in the Chris Kleiman era, I don't think. Now, these games are tricky for teams from Kansas. So uh, I feel a little uh, unsure saying it's a definite win for Kansas State. But I think they're going to start the Chris Kleiman era off right. Moving on to the number eight team. The number eight team is going to be the West Virginia Mountaineers. Once again, there are a couple other teams I thought about putting here, but the reason I'm going against West Virginia, um, or at least picking them at number eight, many, many reasons. Dana Holgerson being gone is a big deal. Um, if you read Big12Bullets.com, I predicted before last season that Dana would uh, that that would be Dana's last season. Because I thought either he's going to live up to expectations, win the Big 12, make the playoff, and he's going to get a bigger job. Or he's not going to live up to expectations, the season's going to fall apart, and he's going to be fired. Actually, I was a little bit wrong because he sort of lived up to expectations, but then didn't really, and then left for a job that is considered inferior, which is the Houston job. No one saw that coming, or at least no one I know or read or talked to, talked to or anything like that. That was very surprising. But it is what it is. He gets to play Oklahoma in the first game, which is really funny. But back to West Virginia. So they have Austin Kendall as their quarterback, who, of course, is Oklahoma's um, former quarterback. He has to be the only person that's ever backed up two Heisman Trophy winners. So the truth is we really don't know how good he is. I think he's I think he's pretty good, um, but he's obviously not good enough to the point that um, – that Lincoln Riley trusted him and he went out and got Jalen Hurts in the transfer market. So I don't put a lot of faith in Austin Kendall being as good as say Will Greer. Now that doesn't mean Austin Kendall's bad. It just means that he's not probably as good as some of these other elite quarterbacks. At the same time, I think West Virginia lost a lot of other talent throughout the rest of the roster. They probably will still be fine, um, but in the Big 12 that I think is going to be a Big 12 that's going to be pretty competitive this year, I don't think that they will be able to play at the same level as some of these other quarterbacks or some of these other teams that have established quarterbacks like a Texas Tech that has Alan Bowman. Um, So I put them at number eight. Their head coach, their new head coach, got a lot of new head coaches in the Big 12. Um, This is three straight teams with a brand new head coach that we've talked about. Neil Brown was the coach at Troy. Uh, he turned them around, made them in a, a very good team. They beat LSU, if you remember, a couple of years ago. But again, I don't know that he's going to be able to 
just have immediate success at West Virginia. It's really rare for any head coach to have immediate success, especially one that's taking over for a coach like Dana Holgerson, who had his best team ever last year. And then probably the reason Dana left is because a lot of those guys are gone. So they open with JMU and I actually am going to go ahead and predict that they're going to lose that game. JMU, James Madison University, is one of the best um, FBS teams. They are in the the national championship often. They're like North Dakota State. They're just good all the time, it seems. Um, You never, ever, 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 ever want to schedule these kind of teams because, one, you won't get credited when you win, but you will get ripped when you lose. And I think West Virginia is going to lose this game uh, on Saturday at 1 o'clock. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Neil Brown because – Neil Brown used to be the guy that was in the position of JMU. He used to be at Troy and be the team that nobody really wanted to play because they were too good, um, but you wouldn't get credit if you beat them. He's going to experience that against JMU this week. So that's West Virginia. Moving on to number seven. Number seven is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They have a new coach in Matt Wells. And they, of course, somehow fired. This is the crazy. I mean, we've it's been talked about ad nauseum, but it has to be the craziest story um, of a crazy Big Twelve season. In the fact that Cliff Kingsbury never lived up to the hype at Texas Tech, he got fired, and then he got promoted to the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, who had the number one pick, who then picked Kyler Murray. I don't understand it. That doesn't make sense to me. That's neither here nor there. Texas Tech is what we're talking about. Their new head coach, Matt Wells, comes from Utah State, where um, he had a pretty good program there. He was there for five years. Again, just like all of the teams we've talked about, he might have success um, at Texas Tech. It's a very tough place to have success, but it's not going to happen this year. The only reason that I put him above or him, Texas Tech above these other teams' new head coaches, is the fact that they have Alan Bowman, who, when he was healthy, was really good last season. I mean, he was great last season. I, I think they might have even beat Oklahoma if he hadn't gotten hurt at halftime. Uh, he is a, a legit uh, quarterback, and he has really a lot of star potential, and so I think that he's going to win them some games against the teams like West Virginia, the teams like Kansas, Kansas State, and I think he'll probably win them some games uh, against someone else, um, whether that's Texas, Oklahoma, um, TCU, you know, some of these other teams that are a little bit higher tier. I think that's where Alan Bowman will get them a couple wins, and they're going to lose um, probably to some teams they shouldn't because they're Texas Tech. They still aren't going to have a great defense. There's still going to be a lot of holes on that team, but Bowman I think sets them apart from the other you know teams that I think are going to be bad. That's Texas Tech. Moving on to number six. Number six is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Of course, they had a tough season last season. They still have a lot of question marks, but I put Mike Gundy in the maybe not in the as high of regard as say um, Gary Patterson, but I do put him in the the high mid tier coaches. All right, what I'm saying is that Mike Gundy doesn't have two bad teams in a row, and so they didn't have a good season last year. Last season, I think they're going to surprise some people this season. Um, I don't think they're going to be incredible, but they will be pretty good. Now, they have question marks at quarterback. Doesn't mean that those question marks won't be answered. They just We just don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Is it Spencer Sanders? Is it Drew Brown? Most people think it's going to be Spencer Sanders. I do as well. 
Um, that will really energize the fan base to have such a high recruit play quarterback. Um, maybe they should just stick with a guy and then let him figure it out, whether it's him or Drew Brown. Who knows? But I do think Oklahoma State will be better this season than last season. Um, but they'll still probably be a mid-tier Big 12 team. They're, they're not going to challenge for the Big 12 title, but I think that they'll have more success this season than they did last season. They open up with a game against Oregon State on Friday night. That's tonight. That's why this is coming out today. That's an exciting game just because, you know what, I'm just going to go out of limb. I think OSU is going to win that game. Oh, the OSU that wears orange and black is going to win that game. Oh, Sorry. I think Oklahoma State's going to win that game. Anyway, that game is in Corvallis, Oregon. Um, that should be a pretty cool atmosphere, but Oregon State hasn't been good in forever. Oklahoma State should win this game easily. Um, they should go 3-0 and in non-conference. They've got an FCS team, and then they've got Tulsa. So they, they should they should go into the Big 12 play undefeated. They, their first game in Big 12 play is against Texas. That should be a really good matchup. The real big intrigue for tonight's game is just to see who the starter will be. And and maybe if Oklahoma State's up by enough, they'll get to play both both uh, quarterbacks. But I, I would say it's probably Spencer Sanders. I don't have any inside knowledge beyond what everyone else already knows. But that's my guess. Moving on to number five. That would be your Baylor Bears under Matt Rule. Quarterbacked by Charlie Brewer. Baylor was pretty good last season. Kind of surprising. I think they they were last season sort of what I think Oklahoma State will be this season. They had a quarterback who was good enough to win them some games, and, and their overall team had improved from the season before. Matt Rule is a great coach. He's done a lot of good things at Baylor. It'll be really interesting to see if he can take Baylor to maybe the next step of being a team in the top 25. Um, and if he does that, does he stick around for the whole project of Baylor or does that impress some big time jobs enough to lure him away from Baylor? He's obviously stuck around longer than some people would have guessed. Um, and he's done a pretty good job. It'll just be very interesting to see. Is this Matt rules last season at Baylor? If they're good, if they're not good, it's obviously not going to, he's not going to be fired. Um, but I think that he can make them good enough that he starts really, really getting some serious offers. Of course, you don't have to be good to get serious offers because Cliff Kingsbury is the coach of an NFL team now. That said, Baylor is, um, like I said, they're going to be uh, better this season. They, um, I think it'll really be a toss-up between them and TCU um, as far as like the fourth, fifth team in the Big 12. Um, and their their game, of course, will be uh, intriguing. It's always intriguing, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens in that game. And I think it won't really, it's not going to like <laughs> change the uh, rankings of the entire big 12, but it will, will probably be for uh fourth and fifth and, and uh, you know, an appearance in the, uh, I don't know, the Alamo bowl or something. Um, but another step forward for the program is the goal of this season. So an eight and four type finish, would be good. I mean, they should beat Kansas, Kansas State, um, Tech, West Virginia, uh, and and then you start looking at okay, are they gonna are they gonna win when they play TCU? So that's five wins. Are they gonna beat Oklahoma State? Six wins, and then you have obviously their non conference schedule where they can get you know a couple of these other wins. They can get three. They would start off with they. <laughs> this is my favorite thing that Baylor does. They play only the small teams in texas so they start off with Stephen f austin then they go to utsa and then they go to rice they don't even like 
Well, actually, all of those teams, uh, SFA and UTSA, of course, play in Waco, and then they go to Rice. So they don't like their their non conference schedules are always hilarious. They don't even leave the state. But anyway, so they'll get three wins there, and then I, you know, I see four wins in the Big Twelve easy, and then they get one more, and there's your eight wins. So I think I think Baylor should be pretty good this season, and they, they have it set up to be a pretty decent team. Moving on to number four, it's the TCU Horn Frogs. Led by Gary Patterson, one of the best coaches in college football. Like him or not, he is not going to have two straight seasons with a team that's down. That's just my prediction. I don't really have evidence to back that up. I just, well, the evidence I have to back that up is that he never has like two bad seasons in a row. They had an awful season last year. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have anything figured out. Now, I certainly wouldn't say they have their quarterback situation figured out, because they named Alex Delton the starter, who is the Kansas State transfer, who was not very good at Kansas State. So if you're going with him as your quarterback, I'm not really sure I trust your offense. He is experienced, and he probably won't be as bad as last year, but I don't know. I'm not really sure why I'm putting so much faith in TCU. It's all down to Gary Patterson. I'm sure this will come back and bite me. But, you know, don't bet on it. But, you know, bet on it. But don't bet on it. If you got good odds, bet on it. But then don't blame me if you lose. But if you win, uh, give me a cut. The number three team is... Ooh, I should drag this one out. Because when I reveal this number three team, it really gives away what I'm going to do with the other two teams. And this one's really tough. And I'm probably going to catch some heat for this. I don't know. Probably won't catch heat. Well, I'm going to go for it. The number three team is Texas, and I understand what you're thinking. Hey, that means that Iowa State's number two or one. You're right. We'll get into that. Texas is number three because they are Texas, and while they think they're back and they do have a really good team, I don't think that they're going to win the Big 12, and I don't think they're going to make the Big 12 uh, title game again. Again, putting them at number three means that obviously they have a possibility of doing that. I just... I have never, I still am not a Sam Ellinger believer. Now, that said, this could be the year that he takes that step to become a a legendary Texas quarterback, where he takes that step to become an icon. He's already really close, and he's got the attitude and the swagger. We all know that. We all know that there's a reason Texas fans love him and everyone else hates him. Now, I don't know that he's that skilled of a quarterback. He's very hard-nosed. I I do like his his attitude on the field. He's going to take anyone on. His running ability is his best skill, but he's not a good passer. I mean, they would have won the Big 12 championship if he had just hit a couple open receivers. Like he is he is not a good passer down the field. And in fact, even in that Sugar Bowl, that he had a great game and I think he ran for four touchdowns. He threw for like less than 300 yards. He's not a passer. And this is a big 12. It's a passing league and he'll get exposed if teams can stop the run. Now you play a team like Oklahoma last year, they barely could stop the run or they really in in the, the red river shootout game, they couldn't stop the run. And so he looks great because if the, you think he's going to run it down your throat or he's going to hand it off and then he pops up and throws it to, Colin Johnson, who's a great receiver, they could they could really do some damage. But I think the book is out on Sam Ellinger. People know that the, if they force him to pass, he's really not going to be that good. Um, and so that's why I have them at number three. I think they're a good team with a good defense. Great receiver in Colin Johnson. 
I think that they are good. However, they're not elite, and that's because Sam Ellinger is not elite. He could prove me wrong. He's been working all offseason, I'm sure. I'm sure that he's made incredible improvements. It just, we'll see if he can be that guy. Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to be like biased in the sense that, like, okay, I'm an OU fan. All right, I don't like him. Um, but I do like him in the sense that if he was on my team, I would like him because I liked Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield backed it up with unbelievable play. Ellinger backs it up with a toughness and a leadership ability, but he doesn't necessarily back it up with elite play. So that's why they're number three. You know, I could be wrong. I could be surprised. I also could see them, you know, they lose their first game all the time. Like, uh, no, they're not going to lose to Louisiana Tech, but they play LSU in the second week. I mean, they could go, they could be one and one already uh, before, you know, mid September. Uh, the LSU game, if they win, that's a huge win and really stamps their their ranking because they're at number 10 now. LSU is number six if they beat LSU. Texas is in the top five, and we could have the first top five versus top five Red River shootout game that we've had in a long time if Oklahoma is still undefeated. That would be incredibly exciting. As a fan of college football, I'm hoping for that. As a fan of OU, I'm hoping for that. As a fan of the Big 12, I'm hoping for that. So I, I want Texas to beat LSU in the second week, but I, I have no idea if they will. <laughs> That'll be really tough. I think LSU will just sell out to stop a Sam Unger running, and they'll force him to pass, and LSU always has great cornerbacks. And it, it could be a long, long, long day for, for Sam Ellinger. At the same time, Texas defense could probably stop LSU's offense because LSU's offense is always terrible. So we might have a really um, a defensive struggle, and maybe Texas comes out with the victory. That would be a really big win for the Big 12, um, playing a marquee SEC team in Week 2. And, and if they come away with that win, that would be huge for the entire conference. Moving on to number two, it's the fighting Matt Campbells of Iowa State. Yes, I and many others, so this is not me going out on a limb, are predicting Iowa State to make the Big 12 championship game. Iowa State has been on the steady rise since Matt Campbell arrived. They beat Oklahoma, of course. Uh, a couple seasons ago, last season they had a good year. Uh, you know, at the end they ended up not not winning, um, and Texas le- uh, jumped them to make the Big Twelve championship game. But I think they will do it this year. They have a great quarterback in Brock Purdy, who, of course, his brother is Chubba Purdy. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a joke to um, only a few people who remember that his brother's name is Chubba Purdy. Anyway, Brock Purdy was great last year as a freshman. He's a sophomore this year. He is going to be, um, he could potentially be the best quarterback in the Big 12, um, depending on what Jalen Hurts does, depending on the steps Sam Ellinger makes, depending on guys like Charlie Brewer, Austin Kendall, some of these guys, Alan Bowman. But I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks, but Brock Purdy could really be the best quarterback in the conference if he plays even higher of a level, at even higher of a level than he played last year. Matt Campbell's got this program going in the right direction. He is like Matt Rule in the sense that if he has another great season, is he gone? Is he going to take a bigger job? He will certainly get offers. He's probably already gotten offers, but maybe those offers were from teams like, say, Tennessee, where which was maybe a little bit of a not solid situation. But But maybe the offer this next year comes from USC. Maybe it comes from Notre Dame. 
Maybe it comes from whatever team Urban Meyer doesn't go to. So you would have to say that that a guy like Matt Campbell, as much as he is from you know he's from a Division three background, he he loves Iowa State. They love him. He's probably going to take you know one of those huge marquee jobs. However, Iowa State fans shouldn't think about that. They should just enjoy what should be his or the best season. Maybe in school history, but certainly in recent school history, they have a lot of expectation. This is probably the first time they've ever gone into a season with this kind of expectation. Will be It'll be interesting to see how they handle that as a team, as a fan base, as a coaching staff. I think Matt Campbell will be fine. I think the team will probably be fine. I think the fan base might be like super nervous every game they play because they've never had, they, they'll probably be favored in more games this season than they've ever been favored in. Um, and of course, they start off with which the, always a tough matchup. Um, you and I, uh, <laughs> Northern uh, Northern Iowa. That's a you know that's another one of those uh, uh, FBS teams that gives people problems sometimes. They're not as good as say like JMU, but I don't know. You should never play an FCS team, and if you play them, you should lose. That's just my rule on FCS teams now. And then they have their classic uh, game against Iowa. At uh, in the second week of the season, they seem to lose that game all the time, even when they are pretty good. Iowa's ranked; they're ranked. This might be the first time the two teams are ranked when they play each other in forever. Um, it'll be worth tuning into, which normally it is not worth tuning into at all, and it's one of the worst games, uh, worst rivalry games that there is. That should be a good one. I'm excited for Iowa State this season. Matt Campbell is the man, and I do hope he sticks around in the conference for a long time, but. You know, it probably won't happen. And number one, of course, it's the Oklahoma Sooners. And you might say, well, Scott, you're biased because you're picking your school to win the Big 12. Listen, you can call me biased, you can call me not biased. It's hard to pick against a team who's won four straight Big 12 titles. It's like if you were asking me to pick who the national champion is, I'm going to, who the national champion is going to be. I'm going to say Clemson or Alabama, and you might say, oh, that's, you know, why would you do that? That's boring or that's, you know, whatever. Uh, It's probably going to be right. And so that's how I view picking Oklahoma to win the Big 12. You kind of have to pick them until they prove that that they're not the team anymore. You kind of have to pick the coach in Lincoln Riley who's only ever won the Big 12. Um, You kind of have to pick the coach in Lincoln Riley who's only ever had Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. I'm not sure what Jalen Hurts will be. I was actually never really that impressed with him at Alabama. I never loved watching him play. I never thought he was an incredible passer. I think he's very similar to Sam Ellinger. In a different, he has a different attitude, but he's very much a leader. He was just voted team captain, which Kyler Murray was never voted a team captain. He's very much a leader. He's very much a guy that doesn't get rattled. I mean, you see how he played when he came in for Tua uh, against Georgia. He is a great college football player but do I think he's a Lincoln Riley level quarterback I don't know I really have no idea it'll be amazing to see what he does Lincoln has said that he's improved uh by a lot like he's made big steps since he first came in to me that that means that he was probably at the level I thought he was at when he came in and that he was not an incredible passer and I don't know if you can teach that that quickly. Maybe he does become an incredible passer, or maybe they don't need him to be because Oklahoma has Ceedee Lamb, five or you know one of the best receivers in the country. They also have three five-star wide receivers as freshmen. They have Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon, 
who are incredible running backs, and they have Grant Calcaterra uh, tight end. He's got all the offensive weapons in the world. He doesn't have to be that great. Now, the biggest thing that you have to worry about or think about as an Oklahoma fan or you just if you're watching the team is will that defense be any good at all under Alex Grinch? I, I don't know. He could talk a big game. He could be the world's greatest coach, but if he doesn't have the players, he doesn't have the players. Now, we'll find out if it's all about the players or if it was really a lot to do with Mike Stoops. The defense didn't really get better after Stoops left, but obviously it's hard to make a change like that in the middle of the season. Uh, Grinch is talking up a big game about takeaways, which Oklahoma only had. uh, Or Grinch said that he expects two takeaways per game. Oklahoma had two takeaways twice last year. In two games, had two takeaways. So it'll be really interesting. The biggest problem for Oklahoma is that their first game is against Houston. Coached by Dana Holgerson, who knows Oklahoma uh, inside and out, with a quarterback in De'Aaron King, who's very good. And they had one of the best offenses in the country last year, and they historically do. And so you, you could have a really improved defense and still give up 45 points and still win, and it looks like you're the same team that you were last year. It's a really tough, tough opening game. I think the only two teams that really could potentially lose their opening game are Oklahoma and West Virginia. I'm not going to predict that Oklahoma will lose, but the rest of the teams in the Big 12 play teams that are significantly easier um, than Houston, and then I think West Virginia could win or could lose just because they're playing JMU, who's pretty good, and West Virginia I don't think is very good. Um, So I think Oklahoma fans have a right to be very nervous about this Houston game, and actually maybe that's the most nervous of any game they have. Beyond just obviously when you're playing Texas, when you're playing Iowa State, but those games you're prepared for. Um, this one, you just I have no idea what's going to happen. So, thank you for the listening to the rapid fire Big 12 Bullets season preview. They won't all be this long. In fact, most of them will be much shorter. I want them to be, um, you know, like that quick, easy listens on your commute to work or however you want to listen. So, what I'm going to be doing, uh, if you didn't hear, the preview episode, which you probably didn't, I'll be doing the bullets part of it in the bullets part in the newsletter. So quick bullets, observations, takes on the games, things like that. That'll be in the newsletter. And then there will be a link to the podcast at the bottom of each episode. That will be um, the where I talk about sort of a broader topic. I talk about the things I used to write in the intro, the preview, the or the uh, the intro portion of the email before the bullets. So that was, you know, some kind of random take on a topic or recapping a crazy game like the cheese it bowl or something like that. That'll happen here. And then I'll also be uh, efforting to get some interviews and, and, and talk to interesting people and kind of have some more fun content to go in the podcast. Um, just to keep, keep the uh, party going from the newsletter to the podcast, to the website and uh, we'll, we'll keep doing that. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe in the iTunes store. Please subscribe to the newsletter if you found this somehow outside of the newsletter. Um, Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets um, is the newsletter. Big12Bullets.com is the website. Follow me on Twitter. Um, and uh, please uh, send this to your friends. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye.